God, that's our honest cry this morning. God, our world needs you. Our nation needs you, God. Our homes need you, Lord. We need you, Father. And we're willing to humble ourselves and to submit to your divine authority. Because we need you, Father. We need you. We need you. We can't make you without you, God. We need you. We need you. We surrender. We surrender. We surrender. We surrender. We surrender our will for yours. We surrender. And we get out the way. 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 My, my, my. My, my, my. Oh, God, as we come to your word this morning, we we come thirsty. We're coming to a well that has a continual supply of water. Not a broken cistern. But a well that's capable of fulfilling and quenching our thirst. We're thirsty this morning, Father. And we've come to drink from the life-giving well that we are never, that promise he made to the woman that we are never thirst again. We've made up in our minds that whatever it is your word is calling us to do, we're going to obey. Not just in word, but in action. We're going to obey. We're going to act on what you said. In Jesus' name. And all the God's people said, amen. 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 Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you. Lord. Type that in the comment section if you're for real. Lord, I need you. 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 Lord, I need you. I need you. Not just our world. Not just our city. Not just our community. But I'm making this a personal statement. Being a little selfish. I need you. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. Good morning. And welcome to the Hopewell Experience. Hope at home. Hopewell everywhere. We are delighted that you have welcomed us into your space. We we don't take that for granted. You've allowed us space, space into your life right now. And I hope and pray that you've already felt the spirit of God. Listen, I'm telling you, it's under 10 people in this room right now. But the presence of God is here. The presence of God is here. You, I can see it when I came out the office the presence of God is here and we are glad we invite him every week to come to where we are we invite him every week to come in because we realize we have prayed we have studied we have prepared we have practiced but it's the Holy Spirit that makes the difference it's the Holy Spirit that makes the difference in what we do so we thank God once again that you are here but most importantly we thank God that Jesus is here amen even in your homes he's right there with you go ahead and share this go ahead and like it go ahead and tag others to be a part of the Hopewell experience now I want to remind you of this giving is not just an event that's a part of worship so you don't have to wait towards the end or in the beginning when we do the welcome and inviting you to be able to give you can give anytime during this experience this is still worship we worship God through song we're getting ready to worship him through the word but you can worship in giving at any given time any moment you can be able um, to give as we get ready to go to the word three quick things I want to share with you. I have to tell you, thank you so much. Thank you so much for every card, every gift, every love token, every text message, every phone call, every drop by by the house, everything that you sit in the mail. I was just overwhelmed with just so much love um, on my birthday. So I thank you so much for doing it because I realized you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to give me anything, but I'm so glad that you thought enough of me um, to bless me on my birthday. Um, so thank you so much for making it such a special day. I made up in my mind back in, back almost last year. Can you believe it? We've almost been in this thing for a year. I made up in my mind that I knew that we would probably, probably be in this thing around the time of my birthday, but I made up in my mind that I was going to make the best out of a bad situation regardless of what was going on. And I did just that. And you helped me in being able to do that. 
One of our favorite preachers here at the well, um, Pastor John Face, and he says something um, that is so true and so profound. He says that when God wants to bless us, he doesn't just bless us with things. He blesses us with people. So I'm so glad that God has blessed you, yes, you, in my life. So again, thank you so much uh, for making my birthday. I'm just absolutely amazed. I came out the office just reminding people that I'm 36. Praise God. Some forget. Amen. Warren forgot because he cut me off while I was talking. I have to remind him. Amen. That I'm 36. Amen. 35 is long and gone, but I'm 36. Praise the Lord. Listen, we are going into the last week of the first 15. These past two weeks have been amazing. When I tell you Holy Spirit has been with us as we have been on the prayer line, as we've been on Facebook Live, it has been great. We've been able to touch down in Florida. We've been in California. We've been in Kentucky. We've been in uh, in Texas. Oh, man, all over Illinois. And I'm so excited about that. It has been amazing. So let's end this week strong. Week three, we know that we're fasting um, this week as well. I hope that you have been praying and consulting God on what it is that he wants you to be able to give up over these next five days. Pray whatever it is. Pray whatever it is. Um, I want you to be able to hear God and what he's telling you um, to be able to sacrifice and to give up. Let me remind you, fasting is not dieting. No, it's not. We're not just looking to do this to be able to lose a few pounds, even though that may happen as a result of what we're doing. But we're doing this because we need divine intervention. We want to be intentional. We want to be purposeful in what we're doing. We want to make sure that we're not being like the Pharisees and the Sadducees having to walk around and let people know that we're fasting. No, we're going to wash our face. We're going to brush our teeth. We're going to do what we need to do. But we're going to fast. We're going to turn over our place. We're going to sacrifice um, so that we can be able to get God's intervention. So maybe you're faster on behalf of something. Maybe you're faster on behalf of someone. Whatever it is, make sure that you're being intentional and purposeful in your fasting. We don't want to waste this time. We want to be intentional and purposeful. So starting tomorrow, make sure, make sure, make sure uh, that you're ready. The, the grace of God will help you, will empower you. The Holy Spirit will help you and empower you um, to be able to fast this entire week. Whatever it is, make sure that it's a sacrifice. If you don't feel it, that ain't it. A sacrifice is not a sacrifice until you feel it. Um, so I want to encourage all that can and will um, to join us in this endeavor. Listen, we are in week two of our series entitled um, P- Pandemic Series. This week is Teaching in the Pandemic. I am so excited that I'm going to right here on our stage, I'm going to sit down and interview um, three teachers and administrator and two teachers uh, from the Carbondale Elementary School District 95. Um, awesome teachers. I have the privilege to work with them uh, for many years. Great, 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 great individuals um, that are making an impact in the lives of our children and just for them to be able to give their perspective on what it's been like teaching in the pandemic. I'm telling you all, this has changed the entire course of our entire world. So there are a lot of lessons that we have learned and it also gives you the inside scoop because sometimes I know it's not you. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the neighbor two houses down from you that we can be very, we can be very critical, uh, uh, critical towards certain people in certain positions and we've never sat in them. We never, we've never done anything. In fact, we have become critical without credentials that we have nothing to back up what we need to say and how we need to say and what needs to be done and we've never done it. So I hope and pray that you will leave encouraged and enlightened as we go through this pandemic series. I hope and pray that you, that you were blessed um, by last week's um, parenting in the pandemic. It's been different y'all. It has been different but thank God for his grace um, and his mercy in helping us to do what we need to do. Get your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Jeremiah chapter 17. We still in our series entitled Hopes Not Canceled. Put in the comment section right now, Hopes Not Canceled. Text somebody out the blue and tell them hope is not canceled. Hope is not canceled. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 5 through 8. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8 is where we're going to land at today. Jeremiah 17, Old Testament prophet Jeremiah 17 5 through 8, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible, and I might throw in there a little bit from the Message Bible as well. It says this, This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength, and turn their hearts away from God. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They live in the barren wilderness 
in an inhabited salty land. But blessed, get this, are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. It says they're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat nor worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. God, that blesses me. And they never stop producing fruit. They never stop producing fruit. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject as we go into part two of our series, Hope's Not Canceled. I want to talk to you this morning uh, and ask the question, what's your hope plan? What's your hope plan? What's your hope plan? I came across the story of a pastor, uh, a pastor in South Dakota, Pastor Ryan Chase. He shares a story about Awaiting the arrival of his twin sons as, as him and his wife were excited this was going to make child number three for them all together, all boys. They get news that the sons are going to be born with major disabilities. Doctors already give them a heads up and letting them know that the longevity of their lives won't be long at all. They may have three. They may have four. They may have five years. If that, can you imagine as a parent expecting the arrival of your sons, knowing, okay, they're going to have some disabilities. We're going to have to do some readjustments in our lives. Somebody's going to have to quit their jobs to be able to stay at home, to be able to give them 24-hour care, seven days a week care, and then to add along with that, hey, don't expect for your sons to live real long. Already imagine in your mind that you may not be able to see them reach the double digits, that they, they may not live to be able to walk across the stage and graduate from high school. You may not sit on the pew and watch your son unite with his bride. Sitting there thinking about all of these missed moments that may never happen. Pastor Chase, they take their sons home. After being in the hospital for four months, they take them home. They're there. They turned into the doctors. They turned into nurses, having to give their sons 24 hours, seven days a week care. One son only makes it to live to be two years old. They knew it was going to come. They knew it was going to come. The doctors told them, but it was still, it still shook them to their very core when it actually happened. Now they're in great expectation. Now they're in great anticipation. When is our other son going to go? They're, they're awaiting. They're every day they're waking up thinking, hey, will this be the day? Will this be the moment that our next child dies? Pastor Chase makes up in his mind, I got to have a plan. <laughs> I got to I gotta have a plan. I got to have a plan because I know there's going to be some hot things. I know there's going to be some heated things that are going to come. He said, he realizes I'm in the moment. I'm in a heated moment right now. My son is dead. I'm having to bury my son. Get this, you all. If you're not a parent, you're not going to understand this. No parent wants to be able to say goodbye to their child. No parent wants to be able to see their child go down into the ground. No parent wants to be able to close that casket for the last time and to watch it being lowered down in the ground. You want it to be the other way around. You desire for your children to bury you, right. not the other way around. He makes up in his mind, I got to have a plan. I got I to gotta have a plan because, you know, we're planners. We have a plan for everything. We have a plan of how we're going to do better with our money. We have a plan of how we're going to do better with our health. We have a plan of how we're going to do better when it comes to our walk with God. And here it is, saints of God. I like what Pastor Darius Daniel says. He says that when you walk with Jesus, you got to have a plan. <laughs> when you walk with Jesus, you have to have a plan. And Pastor Chase realizes that this is no difference from any anything in life as I would with anything else. I have to have a plan for my hope. Why, Pastor, do I need to have a plan for my hope? Because there are going to be some things that are going to happen that's going to be unexpected. There are going to be some curveballs that's going to be thrown at us. There are going to be some things that will literally knock the wind out of you and you have to have a plan on how you are going to respond when life conflicts, when your expectation conflicts with your your reality. Got 
better have a plan on how you're going to for how you're going to respond when disappointment comes texting you. You're gonna have to have a plan on what you are going to do when after you've been with someone for all these years and they make up in their minds that I no longer love you anymore. You're gonna have to have a plan when the doctors come and tell you that you have a certain amount of months to be able to live. You gotta have a plan because if there is no plan for your hope, your hope will be assassinated by every disappointment, every devastation, every disaster that comes your way. I wish somebody would help me preach this morning. You gotta have a plan for your hope. Yeah. Weeping prophet <laughs> Jeremiah. Y'all know the story from Jeremiah chapter one. He says, Before God tells him, Before I formed you in the room, I already knew what your purpose was going to be. I already knew that you were going to be a prophet. I already knew that you were going to be my mouthpiece. I already knew that I was going to strengthen you and empower you to go forth and to speak to people that their hearts were hardened as stone. <laughs> Oh, man, with the expectation, with the hope that they were going to turn their hearts back to God. Here in Jeremiah chapter 17, Jeremiah begins to talk to Judah and let and let them know that, hey, 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 all this sin, all this sin that you have been participating in, man, you all still don't get it. That God has a plan for your lives to be able to restore you. God has a plan to be able to take your hardened hearts and to make them hearts where he can be able to dwell within you. God has a plan for your life, but they continue to be enticed with their flesh mm-hmm. by what they see, by what they hear. This slowly causes them to drift farther and farther away from God. Mm-hmm. I told you that you should never read a, voice, a verse, one verse just in isolation. You got to read the chapter verses before. You got to read the chapter before and the chapter and the verses after so that you can be able to get the full context. Listen, we're living in a time, now I know you didn't ask for this, but I gotta say it anyway. We're living in a time now that we have to be biblically intelligent. We have to be able to know the word of God, understand the word of God, and, uh, and interpret the word of God so that we can be able to apply the word of God in our lives so that we can be able to see some results. You you and I, even in this virtual world and virtual sanctuary, you and I cannot afford to be biblically ignorant. We have to know the word of God. We have to be able to interpret the word of God. We have to be able to understand and apply the word of God in our lives because God's not going to back up what we think he said. He's going to back up what he know he said. Here it is. Jeremiah shares shares with Judah right here. Look at verse 1. He says the sins of Judah is inscribed with an iron chisel and engraved with a diamond point on their stony hearts and on the corners of the altar. Do you see how the prophet is already starting out with them? He's letting them know, listen, your hearts are so hardened. Your hearts are so hardened that we have taken a chisel. We have taken a chisel and began to inscribe on your hearts your sins oh that's some hard hearts y'all when they are able to take a chisel and to be able to engrave what are the sins pastor oh it's adultery they turn to other gods oh my gosh these people are so turned up about sex they are just doing anything that they want to do they're trisexuals they try whatever it is that they want to be able to try and do whatever it is that they want to be able to do I know we think all that stuff is new now that people doing wild stuff but it was back there in the book they're just doing what they saw in the book it's wrong but they're just doing what they saw in the book I mean wow things going on, turning to other gods. It was Josiah after he came, after his father got used Josiah. He was called to be king at the age of eight. He was called to be king at the age of eight and God used him to bring about great reforms in the life of Judah. I mean tearing down our idols, tearing down different things that did not please God. His father did not do it. His grandfather did not do it, but he was a generation to help bring about some reform to turn the people's heart back toward God, but because that sin was so engraved, so deep, after everything that he did, after everything he tried, after having and showing great leadership, the people still turned away and follow after their evil and lustful desires. Look at verse 2. He says, even their children go to worship at the pagan altars 
Even their children. Now you're not just looking at a particular sin from one group of people at a certain time. Now this sin, get this you all, has become generational. That now it has went over into another generation. Here it is, saints of God. It is not the case. It's not the case of the prodigal son that they have taught them the ways of God and they strayed away. No, they taught them from the very beginning how to turn away from God and they repeated. Oh, I could stay here for a long time, but I can't stay here this morning. They repeated what was taught to them and worship the gods of their ancestors. Worship the idols of their parents. Worship the idols of their grandparents. Worship the idols took on the sins and the evil desires of their hearts. A prior generations so because of that God tells God tells Jeremiah to tell them this look at verse 3 he says so I will hand over my holy mountain along with your wealth and treasures and your pagan shrines as plunder to your enemies for sin runs rampant in your land. Let me make it plain real quick and share with you what the message Bible says. He says, I'll use your mountains as roadside stands for giving away everything you have. All your things will serve as reparation, will serve as repar uh, uh, reparations for your sins all over the country. You'll lose your gift of land. Uh, you'll use your gift of land. The inheritance I gave you, I'll make you slaves of your enemies in a far off and strange land. My anger is hot and blazing fierce, and no one will be able to put it out. <laughs> God wasn't playing with Judah. He lets them know, oh, 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 oh. So you want to walk away from me? You want to abandon me after everything that I've done for you? You want to turn your hearts towards other gods and not worship me after I've been faithful to you when you've been unfaithful to me? After I've been consistent to you when you've been inconsistent? He said, I will take everything that you have and I will give it away right before your eyes. He says, you will become slaves to your enemies. He says, my anger is blazing like a fire that will burn forever. Let that, let that marinate like a good steak right there real quick. Let that marinate for a second. He says, he says, he says, for my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever. God is, he, he's hot. He, he, he's, he's, he's literally hot right now with them. But even in the midst of being hot, the Lord, verse 5, comes in and gives them a plan for their hope. Here's what he says. Look at verse 5, y'all. He says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like sun and shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in barren wilderness in uninhabited salty land. He tells them, wait a minute now, wait a minute. I'm going to give you this plan of hope, but I want to let you know what you don't need to put your hope in. He lets them know, here's what you don't need to do. Don't put your hope in men. Don't put your hope in your own strength. Why? Because your strength is only going to last for so long. Your strength, your knowledge is only going to last for so long. He says, don't put your hope and your strength in men because then you will turn your hearts away from me and you will depend upon yourself and you will be, and you will and you will and you will depend upon other things to be able to be your hope and to be your confidence. He says, but when you do that, let me let you know what's gonna happen, baby. Look at what he says. He says, you will be like stunted shrubs in the desert. No hope for the future. He says, you will, you will live in a barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. He says, I like, I like what the message Bible says. He says, the curse is the strong one who depends on mere humans who think he can make it on his muscles alone as God sets aside as dead weight. 
He says he's like a tumbleweed on the prairie, out of touch with good earth. He lives rootless and aimless and in the land where nothing grows. When you put your trust in men, when you put your trust in yourself, when you put your confidence in your hope, in your own self, and you neglect God, and you put God on the sideline, you will have moments in your life, depending on how long you stay there, in hope in yourself and not in God, you will have moments of continual hopelessness and unfruitfulness. <laughs> Why, Pastor? Oh, God, help me this morning. Because you had your roots planted in the wrong ground. You had your roots planted in the wrong ground. You had your roots. You settled down at the wrong space. You, 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 you put all your eggs in the wrong basket. He says, he says, he says, when you do that, you will experience barrenness in the wilderness. Y'all know what's out out there. He said, this is what happens when you put your faith in men. This is what happens when you put your faith in your own human yeah. ability. And put God on the sideline. But look at what he says in verse 7. But, I like that but. Somebody put but in the comment section. Just one T, not two. Amen. He says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Pastor Screamers, what are you saying? This is part of our hope plan, Pastor. What's hope is going to be on the screen for you in just a second. Hope is just confident expectation. Hope is just confident expectation. Pastor, why do I need hope? Why do I need hope, Pastor? Because there are going to be some heated moments in life where things are going to be so overwhelming and it's going to be hot and it's going to get hot and steamy and you're going to need something to be able to anchor your soul in. You're going to need something to be able to anchor your life on. You're going to need something to be able to hold on to so that you will not drown in disappointment, so that you won't drown in hopelessness, but that you can be able to have something, even if you're hanging on by a thread, that you have something to be able to hold on to, to have an expectation and confidence in knowing that God, he might not always bring me out of it, but he will carry me all the way through. Oh my mind. Oh, one day I'm gonna be able to do that, Sister Greg. I'm gonna be able to, I'm 36 now. One day I'm gonna be able to do that. Praise the Lord. But it, because this reminds me about the thief on the cross. As he's there on the cross, he realized I'm here because of something that I've done. And I realize this other man behind me is innocent and has done nothing. But he has great hope, y'all. Pastor How he has great hope. He has confidence in Jesus because he heard about him and all the things that he done. And he told him, he said, Hey, 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 hey. When you get into your father's kingdom, don't forget about me. And Jesus turns around and gives him hope. And he tells him while he's on the cross dying, he stops dying and tells this man, today you will be with me in paradise. I'm telling y'all, we need some hope, y'all. We need some hope. We need some hope because things will get hot and heavy. But we need some hope to be able to anchor ourselves on, to be able to make it through whatever it is. He said, blessed are those who hope in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Look at what he says. Look at verse 8. He says, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees, underline this, highlight this, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves will stay green and they will never stop producing fruit. Oh my God, you should be shouting right now. I want to raise up, I want to start a revival of people that don't shout off of blessings, but they shut off the word of God. I want to see a revival of people that will come forth that when they hear the word of God, get this, when they hear the word of God in the right context, with the right interpretation, with the right exegesis, they can begin to shout on the word of God. Let me read it again. If Mother Maxwell was here with me right, right now, she'd be dancing right now. She it says, it's, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months.
months of drought, their leaves will stay green and they will never stop producing. Good God from Zion, y'all still ain't saying nothing. He says, when you put aside your own strength and not rely upon yourself and you put your strength in me and you put your hope in me and you put your confidence in me, he says, I cannot guarantee the stuff won't get heated. He says, I can't guarantee that stuff won't get steaming. He said, I can't guarantee, Minister Ford, that you won't have disappointments, that you won't have hopeless situations. But he says, if you put your roots down deep in me, if you get yourself grounded and settled in me, Pastor, how do I get myself, how do I develop good roots down in God? But when I'm in the Word, when I'm praying, when I'm worshiping, when I'm building up my inner man, when I'm seeking God and putting those roots in there and said, God, I know something may jump off, but I'm staying right with you, and I say, as I stay with you, you're going to stay with me, and God says that when you put your hope and you put your confidence in me, he says, you will have moments of heat. You will have moments of drought, but here's the good news. You won't be bothered by the heat, and you won't be worried by the long months of drought, that I will continue to refresh you. I will continue to refresh you. I will continue to refresh you, and not only will I continue to refresh you, but your leaves are going to remain green. Your plants are going to remain green. And get this, you are not going to stop producing. Here it is. You can be able to produce in the pandemic when your roots are deep down in God when you got your word life on track when you got your prayer life on track when you got your fasting life on track when you got your worship life on track come hell or hot water I'm not moved by it come hell or hot water I'm not moved by it why because my roots run deep and I can still be able to produce oh God oh God me, that bless me, that bless me, that bless me. He says, you got to put aside your own strength. It's going to be part of your hope thing. Put aside your own strength. Put your hope, put your confidence in me. And you won't be bothered. You won't be bothered by the heat. I come to realize, sisters, they see it. Some of us are bothered by the heat. Some of us are unproductive in heated moments in our lives because our roots are not down deep enough. Our roots are not down deep enough. We have not gone. We say surface as believers and we're okay with Jesus' wept. <laughs> we say surface as believers and we're okay with the Lord's prayer. We say surface, we say surface, we say surface in our walk with God and just say, oh, okay, I can be great in every other area. I just be mediocre in my walk with God, no, baby, no, 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 because there are going to be, it's a guarantee, there's some stuff that's going to jump off in your life, and you need some roots that's going to be deep. deep. Woo. Yeah. Oh. So that come whatever, come whatever, come whatever, come whatever, come whatever, I'm not bothered by it. Come whatever. Hey, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the heat because my roots are there and I'm continuing to be refreshed. Fresh. And I won't you, stop producing. Oh, so here it is. Pastor, what are you saying? You need, to, you, you need to go ahead and just do a spiritual check and check your roots real quick. You need to go ahead and just do a check real quick and check your roots. How, how deep are, how, how deep do they go? Has there, has, there been, has there been some issues with your roots going deep because we're in the virtual sanctuary and you're not having to show up to a building? Have you tied your hope to a building, but you haven't had your roots deep down in God? That you haven't had your confidence deep down in God? That you haven't established your hope in Him? Oh, Pastor, I, 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 well, Pastor, you know, I, I'm just, I, Pastor, I, I just, I just don't know. No, I, I'm, I'm just waiting. I know stuff is going to get better when Uncle Joe gets in office. Whether Uncle Joe gets in or not, but you know what? The thing has to be, the thing has to be this. No matter who is in office, my roots has to be in God. My roots has to be in God. They got to go deep in him. Because get this, y'all. Please hear me when I say this. Our hope resides wherever our confidence is planted. Our hope habitates wherever our confidence 
is planted. If your confidence, if your hope is built in a relationship and that person makes up in their mind, I'm done with you, you will be distraught. If your hope, if your hope resides in your bank account, when your money is gone, you're going to be depressed. If your hope is in your job and your job lets you go, your world will be turned upside down. Wherever your hope resides is where your confidence is planted. What are you saying, Pastor? All I'm simply saying is it's time to replant. It's time, it's time to take up roots, and it's time to replant. Here's the thing. Sister Swearon had a plant at the house, smaller plant that she had. We had for some years and just wasn't really growing right. We're looking. I mean, we watering the plant. We're touching the leaves and stuff like that. I started doing what my mama do. My mama, she takes real pride in her plant. She she talks to them and she rubs them and she puts olive oil on each branch. She can tell. This is so crazy, y'all. She can tell when her plants have been moved. She can tell when the girls have been running and they're knocked over into the plant. I'm like, mama, how did you know? How did you got eight zillion thousand plants around? How did you know? She takes great care in her plants. So I started doing what mama was doing and was still trying to figure out we did what mama was doing and the plant still ain't growing. So the swim said, you know what? I, I think I know what the problem is. The container that is in is too small. We're going to have to uproot the plant and take everything out and place it into a bigger pot. Why? We're stunting the plant's growth by trying to keep it where it is. We're watering it, but the water is too much for for where it is right now. We have to put it into a bigger pot. And so when we put it into a bigger pot, it's going to make room for it to be able to grow. And when we put the water in there, the water is not going to overwhelm the plant. The water is going to be enough to be able to take up habitation in everything thing that's around it. Some of us right now, we need to uproot some stuff and replant ourselves and take ourselves out of things that have stunted our growth and stunted our confidence in God and make bigger room for God to be able to come in and be God. Uh, get yourself a bigger pot and set yourself in there to make yourself room so that God can be God in your life. I'm telling you, when you put your hope, when you put your confidence in God, God will blow your mind. God will keep you. God will sustain you. God will strengthen you. God will do what no other can be able to do for you. So I got to hurry up. got to ask yourself, got to ask you this question. What's your hope plan? What's your hope plan? What's your hope plan? Pastor, pastor, what are you saying? What's your hope plan? I got, I got, I have a few questions I want to ask you this morning. What's your hope plan? What plans are you putting in place so that you can be able to control your hope? What plans are you putting in place so that when devastation happens, you're not, you're not overtaken? That, 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 that when disappointment comes, you're not overtaken. That when, you're, that when your expectation conflicts with your reality, you may, you may have a moment, you're human, you will have a moment, but you can be able to bounce back. What plans do you have in place for your hope? Let me ask you this. What will you say? How will I supervise my words when my expectation conflicts with my reality? When I feel like God is being hard on me, how will I speak about God? <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to help us develop a hope plan real quick. What will we say when life sucks? How will I guard my words? How will I supervise my words when I don't get what I want? Will I be like the psalmist that I can be able to sing in a strange land? 
or will I complain and, and, and whine and, 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 and doubt God and give up on God and be like Asaph and say, I'm hanging up my choir robes, boost, uh, peace Jesus, I'm out. What will you say? Here's the second. Who will I, who will I consult? Who will I look to for godly insight and godly wisdom? Who, thank you, Holy Spirit, who is spiritually mature enough to have access and influence in my life when I'm disappointed and devastated? I like what Paul says over in Philippians that when issues arose with him, when there was a need, Paul never wrote a letter to the different churches with his cash app or started a GoFundMe to raise money. He talked to God and God put Paul on the minds and the hearts of people and the people came and blessed Paul. And when he was blessed at the court, the Bible says he gave thanks to the people in appreciation, but he thanked God because God heard what he said. Who will I consult? Here it is, saints of God. When you are vulnerable and you're hopeless, you got to be careful who you talk to. You got to be careful because you're sensitive in the moment. You got to be careful who you allow influence. Everybody can't see you naked. I'm not talking about physically. Everybody cannot see you devastated. Everybody cannot see you vulnerable because the next thing you know, your story will be on Snapchat. That your story going to be on Clubhouse. Your story will be on Facebook. Your story will be on Twitter. Your story will be in a text thread. Everybody will know what's going on when all of a sudden they said they was praying for for you. Who will you consult? It's so important because when you're hopeless, you need somebody that can be like Joel's friends when they get it right and just come and sit with you. But you also need some folks that when you're not strong enough to be able to pray, when you're not strong enough to be able to speak well of God, they can whisper in your life. I know stuff is crazy, but God is still good. God still sits on the throne. There is still hope for you. Hope's not canceled for you. What won't I do? What are you not going to do? Get this, y'all, to numb your disappointments. Uh, I'm just trying to help us get a hope plan. No, 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 no. When what I'm not going to do, what we're not going to do, I'm not going to turn to the bottle for numbing. I'm not I'm not about to check my DM to see who I can be able to get with for the night just to give me a little comfort. I'm not going to eat when I know that I'm not hungry. I'm not going to shop when I know I don't even have the extra money to be able to do it. I have to make up in my mind what I'm not going to do when I know that at any given moment, devastation can come, disappointment can come. Yes. Got a habit so Holy Spirit can bring it, bring it back to my memories. Remember when you said that you wasn't going to do this? <laughs> so that your accountability around you, your community remind, around you can be able to say, no, 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 no. You wrote down for your whole plan that you wasn't going to text them. You wrote down in your whole plan that you were not going to take that weed that's for your glaucoma. Huh? You said what you were not going to do because here it is, here it is, here it is. We, 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 we humans on this land right now, we don't like pain. We don't like pain. We don't like pain. We don't like pain. Take me to the dentist and I will let them know how many shots I need if I feel something. You hear what I'm saying? Because I don't want to feel nothing. I don't want any pain whatsoever. I will snap the dentist's hand out of my mouth and get him out the way. If I am experienced pain, give me another shot, doc, because I don't want to feel nothing at all. We we will do it is within us we will do whatever it is to protect ourselves from
from unnecessary pain. And we'll look for whatever or look to whoever to be able to numb it. What will I do? What will I consume? Who will advise me and what will I write? I got to tell myself what I'm not going to do. But I also have to have a plan about what I am going to do. What am I going to consume? When I'm mad at God, am I going to run away from his word because he didn't give me what I wanted? Or will I run to his word so that his word can be able to change my perspective to help me to be able to see from his perspective and to see from his lenses? Will I pray or will I run away from him? Will I stop coming to church? In fact, will I stop showing up to the virtual sanctuary and hitting and, 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 and clicking on the go live? Or will I say, I can't stand God today and we turn over and sleep in? But catch up on all of our Netflix shows. Who will advise me? I got to have a plan of people, of wise people that I am going to go after to begin to help me to make sense of what's going on and to be able to give me godly wisdom. Who will advise me? I thank God I have a pastor that when I need, when I need wisdom, when I need insight, I can be able to go to him when I need the truth. Anybody that knows about Apostle Barnett, he's going to give you the truth whether you like it or not. Who will advise me and what will I write? Oh, man, I want to encourage you to journal. It's so powerful. Oh, man, it's awesome. It's so amazing. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful that when you can be able to go back, when you're able to go back, when you're able to go back, able to go back and to see what God has done, it inspires your faith. It, it, it ignites your faith. It gives you more of a boost to go on. What will I have hope in? Will I allow my hopelessness to reign over his promises? Mm. Got to have a hope plan. Oh, you, you, you're going to have to come back after once this is over and jot these down. In fact, if you want the PowerPoint, praise the Lord, I'll send it to you so that you can be able to take these notes. In fact, I may turn this into something. Sister Sharonda, help me. I can't do it on my own. She helps with all that stuff. We can turn this, and turn this into something that you can keep in your Bible, your whole plan. Hope plan. Oh, I like that. I hope well, hope plan. I love that. <laughs> hope. Hope well experience, hope at home, hope well everywhere. Oh, hope plan. I love it. All right, that's good. What will I have hope in? Don't you dare allow your hopelessness to reign over his promises. The choice is yours. The choice is ours. I, I, I can't make you do nothing, nor that I want to. But I hope that you are serious about preserving your hope. I hope that you are serious about sustaining your hope. I hope that you are for real about maintaining your hope so that when your expectations conflict with your reality, so that when things get heated and there's a drought, my roots are deep. In who? In him. In God. And he's refreshing me. And he's rejuvenating me. Even in the midst of drought. And he's helping me to produce. I should have called this how to produce in the pandemic. Here's your hope plan. Answer the questions. Get some other voices to the table to prepare yourself for when you don't get your way. Because we don't want to be 
like little kids and throw adult tantrums because we didn't get what we wanted. But I want to have my plan of hope that I'm ready. I'm ready and I'm grounded in him. I mentioned this the other day on the prayer call. We were talking about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean out on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your path. I said something, man. I just kept saying I kept praying. kept talking about it. Sometimes, God's will versus our will becomes a battle. Because of God's timing. It's very well that God is going to fulfill and to do what he promised you. But that before he brings you into it, he processes us. But because we can't be patient sometimes and endure and to wait, we would jump the gun and engage prematurely, thus destroying what God desired to do, what he had already planned to do, simply because we couldn't wait. But can I tell you this? If you can dig your roots in deep enough and place your hope and your confidence in him, you won't show up too early and you won't show up too late. You will show up just in time. Marla Gibbs, we all know her from 227. There was a video on Instagram. Lady was interviewing her. Kind of rude in a way. Was suggesting that her acting career started too late because she was older. And Marla being an African-American woman, cut her off real smooth, real sweet too. And she said, no, it's all about perspective. I showed up right on time. I have my plans, I have my way. She says, but ultimately, I'm paraphrasing, ultimately, it's about God's timing. So you see it as, I started late. God sees it as, I got her here right on time. If you can dig your roots in, to sustain your hope, to keep your hope. You will not show up too early. You won't show up late, but you will show up on time. Dig your roots in. Build your hope and confidence in him. You'll show up. You'll show up on time.